Good evening, and welcome to the Believing Theologist Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and sound doctrine in Lansing, mid-Michigan, and to the farthest reaches of the UP. So, how's everybody doing tonight? 2021 has been fun, shall we say. I mean, <laughs> real fun. We got a new president, uh, which has been interesting to say the least. Uh, we have pastors getting arrested, well-known apologists passing away and realizing they were more or less scumbags to hold their li- leading double double lives, the whole their whole minist- time in ministry. We have local local pastors getting getting arrested, and all sorts of fun stuff. I'll just put it that way. There's a lot going on. You've seen it. If you haven't seen it, well, look, take a look. I'm going to be going over some of it tonight. But really, I just want to come on and wow, it's been rough. I've been working a lot of hours and tired, so when I get home, I'm pretty much beat <laughs> to be to actually like put any time into the podcast, but I'm going to try to change that, going to try to, um, what's the word I want to find here, try to be better on that, I'll just put it that way, try to be better. Now, what I really want to talk about, though, is if your church is not gathering, why not? You should be. I hit on this before. I'm going to hit on again. I think it's well worth yet worth the time. So, um, take now. Take a look. Search your heart via the scriptures, and ask yourself why isn't the church? Why isn't my church meeting? If that is indeed the case, you see there, there, I, the reason I th- I believe this is so important because in Hebrews. It's wrong button. That's what I get for doing this live. <laughs> in Hebrews, uh, chapter 10, starting in verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Do not neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. So why, for almost a year now, why have ch- if that is the command in Scripture, why have churches and pastors been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not <laughs> telling their people not to meet? Telling them it's safer to stay home. Love your neighbor, they say. By not gathering as the Lord commanded. Last time I checked, the commandment love your neighbor is not separate from the first, but contingent on the first. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, do any of us do that perfectly? No, of course not. If we did it perfectly, we would be be able to attempt sinless perfection, then we wouldn't need Jesus. So, it is, Think about that. Do not neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some. But yet pastors 
all around, all across the country, all across the world, who claim to be Christians, followers of Christ, have told their people, no, don't meet. They have held their people from fellowship. They have held their people from the Lord's table, and without just reason. Without any just biblical reason, all this based on a twisted interpretation of Romans 13, as if Romans 13, and a portion, I believe it's in Second Peter, says, requires the church to behave blindly, blindly, to the government to blindly obey the government because the government's there for our good. Yeah, but we forget. Who defines what is good? Who defines what is evil? Not the government. Okay, now that being said, I need to adjust my earbuds here. Got some new stuff, so I'm still getting used to it. And I come across something on Facebook earlier I wanted to uh, talk about. I thought it was quite interesting. This put up by a gentleman by the name of Michael Foster. Michael Foster is a pastor, preacher, uh, Bible teacher. He pastors a church in Ohio called East River Church. Uh, he uh, he and his uh, partner of his um, developed the It's Good to Be a Man podcast and publication. Uh, you should check that out. But these couple of posts that he put up earlier today, um, he hashtag it with sermon notes. So the first slide, the first thing he put up today that I saw, Sunday isn't second Saturday. It's a day for spiritual feeding and fellowship with the body of Christ. Sunday isn't second Saturday. It's a day for spiritual feeding and fellowship with the body of Christ. Now, for some of us, some that fellowship just revolves around the morning, or some of us it's around mid-afternoon or in the evening for a few hours, and that's okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be all day. But it's a day for spiritual feeding and fellowship with the body of Christ. Why? Because we as believers need that fellowship. We can't lone wolf it, guys and gals, if you're watching. Can't lone wolf it. Another post that I saw, posted around the same time. It was a mind blowing to it was mind blowing to watch American pastors rebel against God and command their churches to forsake their assembling together. Hebrews ten twenty five. Which I started with earlier today, just a few minutes ago. Here's the it was mind-blowing to watch American pastors rebel against God, command their churches to forsake the assembling together. Oh, the government says we can't meet. It's not safe. So therefore, well, the government says so, so stay home, folks. That was a Pepsi can, if you're wondering. No, Pepsi not, did not pay me to say that. So many American pastors, when all this pandemic started initially, we didn't know how bad it was going to be. We heard the reports coming fr- from the media, and we weren't quite sure where this was going to go or how bad this virus thing really was going to be. 
Well, as things progressed, we found out it's not nearly as bad as what they're saying it is. No, I might get banned for that or, like, on my account, whatever. Do your own research. Do your own research, but it wasn't hasn't been nearly as the catastrophic event that was projected originally back in last March. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Happy, happy one-year anniversary to uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. Okay, next next post I saw that he put up. The habit of public worship is essential to the spiritual well-being of the church, and many pastors trained their people to neglect it. I'm going to read that again. That, that's wow. The habit of public worship is essential to the spiritual well-being of the church, and many pastors trained their people to neglect it. I'm going to read it again. I need to get in my own head. I want you to get this, too. The habit of public worship is essential to the spiritual well-being of the church. And many pastors train their people to neglect it. Now, here's what's interesting about this. This training has happened over the past year. No, No, we don't need to gather together to worship. No, we can worship from our... Homes and online. Sorry, online worship is not worship. That is not meet, gathering together with the other believers. Now, if you're in the boat where you're not sick or can't make it due to some strenuous circumstance, that's okay. We're not going to hold that against you. That is not sin. But if you're neg- if you're neg- but if you're able-bodied and well and physically able to attend worship with your brothers and sisters, and you don't. That is sin. The habit of public worship is essential to the spiritual well-being of church. In Ephesians, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about now when singing hymns, songs, and spiritual songs to each other. Well, you can't really do that online, can you? It'd be just really awkward. I mean, talking to a camera is awkward enough. I hope it's working. Because <laughs> without the public worship, the spiritual well-being of the church is going to diminish. It just is. There's no getting around it. It's going to diminish. So remember that. The habit of public worship is essential to the spiritual well-being of the church. Now, the, ser- the sermon that he was going to be preaching in this, uh, he hasn't preached it yet. Or if he has, I have not heard it yet, but I do look forward to listening to it. Other thing, next thing he put up. You can only guilt people into attending church a couple of times, and then you lose them forever. The opposite is also true. You can only guilt people into attending church a couple of times, and then you'll lose them forever. The opposite is also true. Now, as far as, I'm not quite sure where he's going with that. As far as the last one, the opposite of that. But when you're, but when you're trying to guilt people into attending, that doesn't work. Because that's not healthy either. It reminds me of a uh, uh, another pastor here in Michigan. Tyler St. Clair. Uh, 
He was doing it. This was, uh, I think, around November-ish, maybe December. I don't remember. But it came across my news feed, and um, he was talking about how the foreseeable future that his church was not going to be meeting in person. And he went over some things, some resources and stuff. Okay. But then he spent about two and a half minutes begging, pleading people to not fr- to um, keep meeting together. Don't forget each other. Which was odd for me. Because he said, oh, we're not meeting together as a church because it's not safe. But don't stop connecting. Please stay connected. Stay connected, please. Why would you have... You wouldn't have to beg for that if you're doing as God instructed in the Scriptures in the first place. Do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. I mean, seriously. Think about it. And then Michael Foster continues. Healthy Christians should worship together in person every week. Sick Christians should abstain until they are no longer sick. Sickly Christians must make a judgment based on risk and priorities. This isn't rocket surgery. It's not that hard, folks. If you're healthy, worship together with the body. If you're sick, stay back until you are well. If you have a runny nose, if you can determine it's not because of a cold, go to church. That's the way I see it. And he continues. Now let's talk about the pandemic. Once upon a time, pastors guilted people into church attendance. But in 2020, even still this very Sunday, pastors are guilting people into not attending in-person church gatherings. Up is down. West is east. We live in insane times. Again, all these quotes, Michael Foster. He does credit for these. I did not come up with these. This is phenomenal. Once upon a time, pastors guilted people into going to get in church. I know it to be true. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. Oh, come to church and you're, you, God won't bless you and all sorts of other nonsense. But think about this. Think. But those same pastors who begged people to come to church every week to other people not to come to church last year. And some still are. And some still are. Telling their people not to attend because it's not safe for whatever reason. Well, case in point, uh, church in Holt, Michigan. They opened, they finally opened their doors within the past couple months for in-person worship. Now, first, you have to register to attend. Second, (laughs) you have to register. Second, they're requiring face masks. Okay, whatever. Third, I saw the pictures that they posted of those first couple weeks. It was sad. 
two of the two of their locations can hold up to over two thousand people in their auditorium. It wasn't even a quarter full. Not sure why if people just were scared. They didn't register in time or they decided it wasn't worth it or decided to continue to watch online. And yet the pastors of this church are proud of themselves for doing this. Repent, Noel Heineken. You are in sin, sir. Anyway, that being said, I want to continue on. In churches. Another thing you may have heard about, um, <laughs> when I first heard about it, was quite interesting. A uh, pastor up in Alberta, Canada. No, yeah, Alberta, Canada, in Edmonton. Uh, it is uh, James Cotes, or Coates, C-O-A-T-E-S. He was holding church services. Regular church services. Didn't turn any way anybody at the door. He's preaching the full counsel of God's word in defiance of the tyrants that have dictated the uh, these public health policies in Edmonton and Alberta. And he kept going. The police came, visited the church a couple of times, <coughs> and finally he uh, more or less turned himself in. They arrested him, handcuffed him, ankle cuffed him. A pastor, ankle cuffed. Wow. Why do, why do they do? Why would they do that? No, because typically, if you're ankle cuffed, that means you're really dangerous, and they don't want you running off. <coughs> but ankle cuffed, seriously. And it got to the point where <sighs> they held him. They had a silent, a secret hearing. They didn't tell no. They didn't tell any of the family or anything what was going on. His wife couldn't even get in to see him. And uh, the authorities wouldn't tell her where what was going on and whatnot. Come to find out, he was put in solitary confinement, awaiting trial. This is several days ago now. Excuse me. <coughs> Having issues. <coughs> Apologies. Excuse me. <sighs> it... The pastor was arrested for holding worship as commanded by God. The state felt the need to tell him that they have authority over the church. And he said, no, you don't. So anyway, apparently they gave him a uh, condition for release. A condition for release. Well, this is good. That condition? Stop preaching, and you're not allowed to go to the church anymore. 
And he looked and he said, and he more this is my paraphrase. Morrow said, "Sorry, that's not. <laughs> I am not going to neglect my call from God to preach His word and to care for His flock." So they kept him. Now several days have gone, a few days have gone by since that initially happened. Excuse me. Oh, he was arrested under the guise of public health, mind you. Public health. For crying out loud. Public health. That's why he was arrested. But that's how prosecution starts. Or er, pr- prosecution. <laughs> Persecution starts, folks. It doesn't start, oh, you're preaching such and such from the Bible, so therefore you're bad. No, that's not where it starts. It starts in a much different place. In a much, much different place. Um, Ridiculous charges such as public health. Such as, no, back of the early church. Why was the early church um, persecuted? Was it because they... No, caused trouble in the empire? No. Was it because they took care of people? No. Was it because they said Jesus Christ is Jesus Jesus Christ is the only way, truth, and the life? No. They were persecuted because they refused to call Caesar Lord, because there's only one Lord. There's only one king, that is Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Father. Only one king. That's why the early church was was persecuted. Because they wouldn't pay homage to Caesar. Something similar, a lot of this pastor, is not, was not paying homage to the state. Full defiance of the state, doing what God has commanded in the scripture. But, a few, uh, I believe this is a couple days ago. No, no, today is Sunday. So, yeah, this is put up on Saturday. So, this is this is an article from protestia.com. Um, protesters rallied at the Edmonton Redmond Center yesterday to, pro- to protest the ongoing lockup pa- of Pastor James Coates, the Grace Life Church minister who remains quarantined in a maximum security prison. Coates is the first religious leader to be arrested for preaching in Canada in nearly 200 years, folks. The results of defying a public health order that caps indoor services at 15% capacity, along with strict social distancing protocol, masking policies, and prohibitions on corporate worship. After he was arrested, he was given an opportunity to be released despite the wishes of the prosecution. With no criminal record and the health violations rarely, if ever, accompanied by jail time, the judge was primed to set to free him, but then a condition on him that he not step foot on the church property, especially not call his church to worship again from the pulpit. Refusing, uh, um, due to deep religious and personal conviction, he was remanded until one of the th- one of three things happened: the crown prosecutor relents and abandons the conditions; <coughs> his lawyer wins a successful appeal at his conditions hearing, which is set for February twenty-four, which is in three days. Pray for this man. Or he has his trial, which could be still several months away. Thankfully, he has not wasted time 
prison time with confirmed reports that he has been preaching and sharing the gospel with those within earshot. As a result of this, his confinement, a rally was held at the Redmond Center with shouts of free Pastor James reverberating through the air. These protests and protesters are not affiliated with the church leadership, nor are they endorsed by the elders, but rather are regular folk wanting to be heard and show their support. With news beginning to attract mainstream attention of Pastor Coates' arrest, so has the outrage that he remains locked up. The story has been covered by all the papers nationally, there in Canada, and is stiffening the spine of fellow Christians. A change.org petition has over 7,200 signatures, and the premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, is being hammered mercilessly, mercilessly for this. In light of an onslaught of criticism, the embattled leading and professing devout Roman Catholics still maintain that a pandemic was not time to be delivering libertarian sermons. He wrote on his Facebook page, quote, Just yesterday I joined my fellow believers at an Edmund church to participate in National Day of Disturbances. As a Christian, I can... I can call I call on fellow believers to be guided by the principle of the sanctity of human life and how he acts during this pandemic. One or two congregations have chosen flagrantly to violate all public health guidelines. In doing so, they are risking viral transmission that could cause vulnerable lives. That's why I renew my call for faith communities to responsibly exercise their freedom of worship in a way that shows love for our neighbors and regard for the weak and vulnerable. With a separation of powers, Kenny pointed out in an interview with Daniel Smith, he can't comment or interfere with a legal case that he doesn't incarcerate or release people. That may be true, but it doesn't control the extent and magnitude of this lockdown and so on. The thing is, this is not going away anytime soon. This is not. This is only, this is one of the first of many that will be occurring on trumped-up charges. Church, are you ready? This is coming to a neighborhood near you. No, do I say that to be a doomsday preacher? No. Am I, try, am I trying to be one of the YouTube prophets? I prophesy. No. But this is real. The, church, the true church in China has been going through stuff like this for decades. Decades. And it's finally hit our shores. Because of an atheistic worldview with such religious dogmatic fervor that it must silence everything that's not part of the approved narrative. Do what God has commanded. Meet together, gather together, worship, break bread together, take part in the supper, sing hymns, songs, and spiritual songs. Put your trust in the Lord. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. I. <laughs> that's what this pastor has done. And God has blessed him for it. God has blessed his church for it. Praise God. According to this article, there's another rally yesterday, Saturday. But praise God for this man. 
Pastor, are you ready to stand for the truth? To worship as God has commanded? To preach his word as he has commanded? It's something I've been asking myself a fair amount. When it, come, when it comes time, would the Lord find you faithful? My prayer is for myself. <laughs> I sure hope he does. God help me. God help me. <sighs> so, anyway, I've been rambling on for a little while now, for about half an hour. Thanks for tuning in if you have. If not, that's okay. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. And I hope that uh, <laughs> hope that you would think and consider these things. Get gather together, worship. Worship God with your whole being. Encourage those in those around you in the faith in your local in, the, in your local church. Worship God together. Now, if you're listening and seeing this, and you don't know, and this all seems okay. This this guy's off as the rocker, man. I want to leave you with this. If you do not know yet Christ, know Christ. Here's what I want to tell you. First, the bad news. You are a sinner who has violated the laws of the law of God. We are all born sinners because of the we are all fallen in Adam. The curse of his sin imputed onto us. But, and because of that, we're deserving death and judgment. However, God in His great love and His great mercy has provided a way that we might avoid this death, avoid this judgment. Because you see, He had sent His only begotten Son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So that all... <laughs> I slaughtered that quote. Hold on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that all who, all those, all, all, all those that believe would not perish but have everlasting life. There we go. Maybe he said it right the first time. <laughs> He lived a perfect life. God came down, put on human flesh, lived a sinless life by his act of obedience. Through his passive obedience, died a sinner's death, taking on the judgment of God upon himself. The judgment for you, he took upon himself. And he rose again. After, after three days in the grave, rose, rose from the dead, defeating sin and 
sin, Satan, and death, then ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. God, the Son of God, God in human flesh, Jesus Christ, the God-man, accomplished this so that you might be saved. If you believe that, repent of your sins. Trust in the Lord. (laughs) Trust in the Lord. Your whole trust, put your whole faith in Him. And He will save you. All right, and with that, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. And we shall see you. Oh, actually, I'm going to do this now. If any of you listening have any questions or comments, please look me up on Believe Me Theologist on iTunes, Anchor.fm, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. I believe I'm still on Google Play at Believing Theolo on Twitter. That's B-E-L-I-E-V-I-N-G-T-H-E-O-L-O. And... Also on Gab. I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you stick around for a few episodes and more. Until next time, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. This has been an episode of Believing Theologist, proclaiming the gospel and sound doctrine to the furthest reaches of the great state of Michigan. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.